The title of the message today is Christians in the World. You know, he told us to, that we're in the world, but we don't have to be of the world, right? So, there's a certain amount of responsibility that goes along with being in the world and being a Christian. <clears throat> so, let's look in Luke chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. It says, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Now, if this scripture I just read doesn't in your mind go against everything that seems normal in this world, I don't know what else to say to you. Because if you look at this world and the things that you're taught or the way that you naturally think, the last thing that most people want is for people to separate themselves from them or to make fun of them or to persecute them in some kind of way. The last thing they want is to be ostracized, right? We want people to accept us. Naturally, we do. I don't want people to look at me and think I'm weird. That's just my, my natural personality. I want people to like me, right? That's, that's how all of us feel. But He said, you're blessed when men shall hate you and shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil. And here's the, the real kicker. This is the, the main thing that makes this Scripture worth something. When it's for the Son of Man's sake. Verse 23 just goes against everything I know to be normal, right? Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy. I'm supposed to be excited about the fact that people are putting me out because of Jesus. That's kind of weird, isn't it? It's not what the world would think of as normal, right? How many of y'all know we're called to be a peculiar people? We're not called to be normal just exactly as the world sees normal. That don't necessarily mean we're supposed to be weird. But it does mean that we shouldn't worry about meeting up to their standards of normal, right? So why is, why is it important that y'all remember this and think on it? All of us. Why is it important? Well, I know I find myself sometimes falling back into my normal Worldly ways, right? I find myself, uh, if I don't really stay on top of Kevin and keep Kevin pointed the right direction, what do I want to do? I want to slip into what's comfortable and what's normal. You know, there's something about a rubber band when you stretch it and then you release the pressure 
what happens? It snaps back to its normal configuration. When any kind of force is is released from it, whatever force you've exerted on it, it goes back to the way it was. It goes to its natural state. Aren't we the same way? If if I come to Sam and say, Sam, man, we gotta go do this. We gotta we gotta get fired up. We gotta go start reaching people for God. Man, Sam would probably fall right in with me, wouldn't he? What would happen when I said, Sam, I ain't going to make it today, man. I'm, I'm tied up. I'm too busy. You know, Sam may go and say, I'm going to go anyway. What's going to happen a month or two down the line when I ain't been again with Sam and, and, and there ain't somebody there pushing Sam? Eventually, Sam might say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to go today. I'm, I kind of don't feel good or... Whatever. Before you know it, if Sam is not staying fired up, you know, Paul told Timothy to stir up the gifts that are in you. Keep them stirred up. If somebody isn't staying on Sam, and I don't mean to pick Sam out of the, out of the group and say that Sam won't ever do anything unless somebody makes him. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say though is if we as a group don't stay unified and don't keep God as our focus and try to stay out of our norm, the natural thing for us to do is to slip back into that normal state. That state of complacency. And I look at this Scripture, and this Scripture tells me that I should count it a blessing when people put me out. I should count it a blessing when people hate me because of Jesus. It even says that I ought to leap for joy. How do you reconcile that? You know why? You know how? It means I need to change something in me. If I can't reconcile that, something in me needs to change. Because I'm not focused on what God would have me to be focused on. See, if I was putting God first in everything, if I had God as my central focus in life, that Scripture would just make 100% sense. And I'd say, you know what? I do count it joy. And y'all, I do. I really do. But I want you to understand that I'm not like that all the time. There's times that I would just as soon not talk to anybody. I would just as soon go along with the flow of things and not not try to make any ripples. You know what I mean? But when I get focused on God, man, yeah, I count it joy. I count it joy. See, when I put Him first, when I focus on what He would have me to do, it's real easy to understand that Scripture. It's real easy to apply it to my life. It's real easy to see what God's purpose is when I'm focusing on Him. <clears throat> so these... The reason I want to share this with you today... Is because I have a feeling that, I sure hope, that a lot of you guys sitting here today are going to get involved with us going to people's houses, right? So we're going to get out in the world. Now, 
You may say, well, I already live and work in the world every day. Well, you're, you're probably right. But how many of those kind of people that don't ever go to church, never think about God, do you spend time with? Some of you may say a lot. Some of you may say none. So, as we pursue this goal of reaching people in Kennard, I want you to be prepared that the things that He's telling you here that you're blessed because of and that you ought to rejoice over are likely to happen. It's likely that as you go and talk to people about God, as you go and tell them, look, we're praying for you, we love you, we want you to do better, we want to see you change, we want to see God at work in your life, they may hate you. They may cut you off. Now, some of y'all probably already been praying for family members. And you may have seen evidence of that in your own family as you change yourself because you're getting closer to God. They see the difference. And what do they see? They see somebody they don't want around them because they don't want to change. See, it's not our nature to want to be like God until you become a new creation. Your sinful nature, your fleshly nature... It's to be the way you are. To be like the world. So you may have already seen this. As you change, you start to see them reject you. You start to see them withdraw from you. Or maybe it's not your family. Maybe it's your friends. If you haven't seen that, you might need to examine your life. You might need to examine it. I'm not trying to be... Uh, down on you today, I want you to say, I want you to look at your life and see, am I really living any differently than I did before? Just because you accepted Jesus does not mean you made a change. Alright? See, you can ask Jesus to come into your heart and then just go right back to living the way you were. So are you seeing evidence of those kind of things? Are you seeing people pull away from you? I see it all the time. I'm not trying to brag today. I'm not trying to boast. I'm just telling you, I see it on a regular basis. And you know, there's times I don't see it and I have to start examining myself. Now wait a minute. If these people are getting comfortable talking about these kind of things around me, There's a reason. Because it ain't been that long ago since they wasn't comfortable. Now they are. So what's the difference? It's me. See, I have to examine myself all the time. It's me that's different. For some reason now they're comfortable doing these worldly things around me that they weren't before. Something's changed in me, right? Something I've got to correct. And likewise, when you start to see people pull away, something's changed in you. You've gotten closer to God. So I want you to know you're you're going to see this. As we go to see people and go to begin to share, well, you know, a lot of these people I don't know, but they might know me. Same for you. You may not know them, but they know you or know somebody that knows you. And they're going to say, oh, that's Sam. He came and talked to me the other day. That's... Man, I don't want to hear that stuff. 
Oh, yeah, I know Sam. Man, I didn't know he was like that. See, they're going to start saying stuff like that. And they're going to start pulling away from you. I want you to know that it's a blessing. Not that you're trying to shove people away, but it's a blessing because you're living for God. You're showing them an example of Jesus. And the natural thing for them to do is to pull away. But, here's the wonderful thing. See, we don't have to worry about the world. We don't have to worry about the repercussions of any of these things. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. We don't have to worry about how they react or if they like us or not. Listen, you don't have to be a people pleaser to spread the gospel. You don't have to conform to their ways somehow to let them get them to see your point of view. You don't have to be accommodating to worldly things to get them to see Jesus in you. In fact, it will have devastating impact on your witness when you do. Because they'll say, well, you're no different than me. Why would I want to bother? But here's the wonderful news. John 16 and 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. See, we don't have to worry about what the world thinks about us. We don't have to worry about how we don't have a group to be a part of because somehow these people have pushed us out and they don't want any part of our lives anymore. We don't have to worry about them spreading rumors about us amongst everybody else in the world because Jesus said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now we're, we're His children. We're a part of His family. We're in His kingdom. So that applies to us also. We don't have to worry about all of these things because Jesus has already overcame all of these things. You think they didn't shove Him out? You think they didn't hate Him? You think they didn't uh, spread rumors and lies about Him? It's all recorded in the Gospel. It all shows you right there what happened to Him. And you think that what He said was, you see what they did to me, you think they're not going to do it to you too? See, the world hadn't changed. The world hadn't changed one bit. It seems like sometimes things start going uh, in a in a direction that is different from what it has. The Word tells us there's nothing new under the sun. And you see, it may be new where we are right here. This may be something we haven't seen here before, but it's nothing new to God. We don't have to think for one minute that God doesn't understand what we're going through because He he understood it all. He's been through it all when Jesus was here. He went through every bit of it. You think He didn't face crooked politicians, people that were in it for their own benefit. You think He didn't face those kind of things? He faced every one of them headlong. We'll have to face them too. You see, the only Christians that don't have to face those kind of things are those kind of Christians that keep to themselves and don't want to muddy the waters. The kind of Christians that want to just know, I don't want to stir up any trouble. It'll be okay. 
I'm going to pray for you. But not say it where they can hear, right? See, those kind of Christians don't have any worries as far as the world goes. The world likes those kind of Christians. The kind of Christians that will just sit back and smile and never do anything. You see, if Christians had been like that throughout all of time, there wouldn't have been a United States of America. If Christians had been like that all the time, there wouldn't be Kevin Alfred standing here before you today because it was for the Jews, right? If somebody wouldn't have got up and went to the Gentiles, I wouldn't be here. If it wouldn't have been for somebody that said, you know what, I'm not going to worry about what the world says is normal, I'm going to do what God called me to do. A lot of us wouldn't be sitting here today. See, I don't know how y'all were reached for God. I don't know how, how the Holy Spirit dealt with you. I don't know who was put in your path. But I know it was well orchestrated on my part. I know God had a plan. He put the right people in the right place at the right time. And He sent the right word to me when I needed it. Because people were willing to step out of the norm and do what God called them to do. Y'all, it is an effort for me to be standing here in front of you this morning. This is not Kevin Alfred normal. Okay? Kevin Alfred normal wants to sit down and be quiet and let's not stir up any trouble. I I don't want you paying attention to me. You go find somebody else to pay attention to that's making a racket. That's, that's my norm. I don't want to be up here. Kevin, normal, flesh. But Kevin, spiritual, wants to be up here because God wants him up here. God has, you know, puts anointing on you. Now listen, I, don't think that you can't have anointing just because you're not a preacher. Don't think that you can't be empowered by the Holy Ghost just because you don't have a place in the church that you call your own. You see, God didn't call preachers to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He never put a stipulation in there about who was supposed to. So we all fall into that category. I asked y'all last week to <clears throat> be praying for somebody. I don't embarrass nobody, but ask yourself a question. Did I do that? Did you find, think of somebody? You know, God will lay somebody on your heart if you ask Him. Did y'all pray for somebody this week? I told y'all. A war is coming. We're going to have to fight. Fighting, look, fighting doesn't have anything to do with with your 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 guts and glory. This is spiritual warfare. The only weapon you have is is to get down on your knees and pray. That's it. Pray, pray. Start praying. Start start going to the the enemy. Taking the fight to him. I'm going to tell you all, I had to do some fighting last night. 
and I started feeling bad all afternoon last night. And last night, I got over here, and I was like, God, I'm going to do it anyway. And you know, God gave me a little bit of uh, insight into a verse. You know the Scripture says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I was over here praying, and I said, God, I, just, I feel terrible. I don't feel good, but I want to be over here because I know that's what you want me to do. And, and that Scripture came to my mind, and I realized what He's saying is, when you submit yourself to me, then you can resist the devil and he'll flee. You see, it's not just... You can't leave off the first part of that verse. You can't just leave that off and say, okay, I'm going to resist the devil. See, it's when you submit yourself to God. And that's what I was doing when I was over here last night. I'm submitting myself to God, even though I don't want to be doing it. Even though I don't want to be over here. I don't want to be doing this stuff. I'm going to submit myself to God. He's my master. He's the one that's in control. I'm His servant. And I'm here, God. What do you want me to do? Put me to work. Give me something to do. I'm going to submit myself to You, Lord, even though I don't want to do it. Sometimes you just do it because you should. Sometimes you do it because you owe Him more than He owes you. And do you know that when you do that, you become empowered? And you, you are then able to resist the devil? Because you're serving God, because you have submitted yourself to Him, He will give you the ability to resist? That's what God will do for you. And you say, what does that have to do with me going and talking to somebody? <laughs> you think the devil ain't going to come against you? You think the devil's not going to rise up in the day you're supposed to go? You can, you know, I don't feel good. Man, it's raining outside. It's just so nasty. I don't really want to go. We'll do it next week. I guarantee you the first time you go, it's going to be raining. It's going to be terrible. It's not going to be a pleasant day. It's not going to be a good situation. But what are you going to do? Now, I want you to remember this. Because some of y'all y'all going to volunteer. You're going to go. I want you to remember this. What are you going to do? You're going to do it of your own accord? Or are you going to submit yourself to God? You see, when you take it into your own hands and say, well, maybe it just wasn't God's will that we went today. Who are you to decide what was God's will? If you submit yourself to God, He'll give you the strength to resist the devil. And you say, devil, I'm going. I don't care what you do, I'm going to serve God today. See, you don't have to be a preacher to do that. James didn't say, preachers, submit yourselves to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. We're going to be in the world, right? We might as well do our best to not live like the world and show them something else. Man, they see the world all the time. Let's show them something else. 